You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, how God works. Philippians chapter number 1, as we're looking at this passage of Scripture, uh, verse 21 is the text this morning. Uh, Philippians 1, 21. For to, me, to, for, me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, this is a well-known passage with a very limited known understanding. There are some passages in the Word of God where we can know what it says with really out, without understanding what it means. And this passage is one of those passages. It's one of those passages that you can start to unpack, and as you unpack it, you don't recognize how much was really there in those few words. When we think about key words in this, live and die. Of course, Christ, center of the verse here, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But when we look at these two polar opposites, we look at live. And then we look at die. And we all have experience of some sort of what those words mean. There is personal experience of new birth and families, and it brings joy. Then there, on the flip side, there's the sorrow of death. And we look at these two polar opposites, and if we're not careful, that's all we'll see out of this passage of Scripture. Why? Because it's based on our understanding of what these words mean. It's based on our experience of what these words have meant to us. But I bet you the believers in Ukraine, if they were to stand up and read this scripture today, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I bet you there would be a different perspective. The reality of both are very evident in their life. You know, we go through life just expecting to live. We know at some point we're going to die, but we go through life living. We go through life expecting to live. We go through life expecting tomorrow to be similar to today and that things are just going to work out. But here, when we look at this passage, the Apostle Paul, uh, he is towards the end of his life, and he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so this concept uh, is, is a concept that uh, is, is very vital. Uh, and so uh, here, when we look at this, this meaning uh, is, is one that I want to just sort of look at and, uh, and point out some things that I think will be a help to all of us. Uh, so the title this morning, To Live is Christ, To Die is Game. To Die is Game. 
And let's have a word of prayer. Father, we, we do come before you so thankful for uh, your blessings. Thank you, thank you for your word uh, that you have given to us. And uh, Lord, given us the opportunity to have it and to hold it and to read it and to know it, to learn it. And so I pray that you would bless now as we have gathered. May the Spirit of God take the eternal Word of God and work in our hearts, please. Uh, may you do what uh, is necessary in each heart. May you uh, point out, may you encourage, may you convict. Uh, no matter what the need is, whether they're in, the person is here on uh, campus or whether they're online uh, or later even listening to this message that uh, has been uh, recorded at a later date. Lord, I pray that you just use it in the hearts of people for Christ's sake. Amen. So here, the Apostle Paul, he had given his life for the Lord. From the day that he got saved, we see just an amazing life. But, but Paul, before he was saved, he was still living a zealous life for God. Now, when we, we think about here, the persecutor of the church, Paul was persecuting the church as many as be, what the Bible said, as this way. He was, he was imprisoning, he was beating, he was putting people to death that were uh, followers of Jesus Christ. He did not believe that Christ was the Messiah, and so since he did not believe that he was the Messiah, he was persecuting Christians because they were a sect against God. That's how he was viewing it. And so uh, his zeal was a zeal not out of evil, though it was evil. He was hurting the people. Uh, but it wasn't because he was trying to be used of the devil. He was zealous for God in this, this activity. Now, after this, we find that he gets saved. He meets the Lord Jesus Christ uh, on the road to Damascus. Uh, and what an amazing event transpires. Uh, Paul gets saved, and immediately after he gets saved, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Uh, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? And there was a change of not only uh, his view of Christ, uh, but he went from uh, being the persecutor of the Christian to being a servant of Christ. And, and now from persecuting the church to being a promoter of the church. And it was just, it's just amazing to watch how God transformed a life. And then, you know what? The same God that transformed Paul's life, he's still transforming lives today. Today. He's still transforming lives. He's still taking broken people and changing who they are. He's still taking broken lives and, and working to help them uh, to be recovered uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and with that, we, we see that there is, uh, there's a change that transpired here. And Paul now, as he's looking, he says, For me to live is Christ to die is gain. But Paul here was pulled in two different directions. Uh, look at verse 23. It says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. So now we have uh, the Apostle Paul, and he is, he is, he is in a strait betwixt two. He's pulled two different directions. Uh, and with that, this wasn't pulled two different directions, one to do right, one to do wrong. His, his pull was that he wanted to stay down here to help people. 
help believers grow, but he also wanted to go to heaven. He also had a desire to be with Christ. To die was gain. So here when we look at Paul and we look at this this battle that he has, and believer, Christian, the battle for the Christian should never be between right and wrong, good or evil. That's not the battle. The battle shouldn't be, well, am I going to live in the world or am I going to live for the Savior? That shouldn't be the battle. That, that should not be the equation. That should not be on the, the question of your mind. It shouldn't even be an option to do what is wrong. It should only be that I'm going to do right. And Paul here, his, his, whole, his whole life, he was caught up in, in helping these believers grow in their faith. And he knew that for them, them, for him to live and to impact them was, was, was going to be beneficial, but he also, he wanted to be with the Savior. And so he was drawn between the two. So when Paul was saying, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain, there were several things that we can look at that I think will be a help to us this morning. Take your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul is, again, he's just being very clear that his life was to be honoring Christ. It was for his kingdom. It was not for his own kingdom. And so uh, we can see several things out of this passage of Scripture, what we're going to look at this morning. The life of the believer to live, uh, this life of the believer uh, was, was going to be a focused life. It was a focused life. For me to live is Christ. He was very focused in his life. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't fragmented in his purpose. Paul was, he was very focused. And you know what? As believers, we're to be focused as well. We're to be focused on serving the Lord. We're to be focused on uh, what does God want me to do? Not just what do I want to do, not just what, what sounds fun. And I'm all for having fun, and I'm all for enjoying the life that God has given me. But my focus in life uh, for me to live is Christ. And that's what Paul was, was saying here. He was the focal point of his life. He was the one that he was giving his life to. Uh, secondly, we see that uh, the life of the believer was a focused life, but it was a crucified life. It was a crucified life. He said, I am crucified with Christ. I'm crucified. What was he saying? I'm dying to myself. Just as Christ died to pay for my sin, I am dying with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. My, my flesh, my natural man, my desires, my goals, my plans, I'm crucified with Christ. 
And I am going to allow him to choose what I live for. He is the one that is going to be the focus. And since he is the focus, uh, his desires are what I am going to follow, not my own desires. And uh, so it was a, it was a crucified life, uh, that crucifixion, that dying to self uh, as, as what the, the, uh, uh, the teaching here is. So it was a focused life. It was a crucified life. It was a resurrected life. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. And, and here he says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, when you got saved and you followed the Lord in believer's baptism, saved, baptism, let me say that again. Saved and then baptism. You get saved, all right? If you're not saved, you need to get saved. But if you're saved, you're supposed to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. All right? And so here you follow the Lord in believer's baptism. What does believer's baptism do? It, it, it shows others what has transpired in the heart. The, we got saved by the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. We are buried with him in death, crucifixion. We are raised with him to walk in newness of life. It's supposed to be a new life. You know, when you got saved, was there a new life or was it the same life, just a little tweaked? Was it, was it a new life or was, was it just, well, you know, I'll, I'll make some provisions now. Well, now I'll go to church or now I'll do this a little bit differently. No, it's not supposed to be just a little bit different life. It's supposed to be a new life. Uh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we see that uh, here, this, this uh, newness of life, this resurrection, we are, we are to be a new person, a resurrected person, one that is uh, new because of uh, our salvation because we are saved. Not in order to be saved. I don't change my life in order to try to earn or merit salvation. Uh, salvation uh, was all and completely in Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. We are, we are saved by grace through faith, and that faith is in Christ. Uh, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And, uh, and when you get saved, uh, you are now, a, you have a new life, and, and that new life is supposed to be a life that is lived for him. So we see here as we're, we're looking at this life, the life of the believer, the life uh, that Paul is living. He's, he had a, a new life. He says, uh, for me to live is Christ. So it was a focused life. It was a crucified life. It was a resurrected life. It was a serving life. It was a serving life. That life had a different purpose. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. He said, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, having a desire to, to go to heaven and to be with Christ, which is far better. You know what? If we're with the Lord, it's going to be far better. 
Uh, as good as it can be down here, and there are a lot of wonderful things that happen down here in life. There, there are some blessings and uh, pleasures that we get to enjoy uh, down here as believers, but when we get to heaven, it's going to be far better. Uh, above all that we could ask or think. Uh, he said, nevertheless, verse 24, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He said, for me, it would be far better to be in heaven. But for me to remain in the flesh, for me to still live down here, it's far better for you. You know what Paul was demonstrating? He was demonstrating that his love for God and his love for people, they were connected. They were connected. And you, can't sell, you cannot separate your love from God from love for people. Or your love for people and your love for God. You, you can't separate the two. And Paul here, he was saying, Lord, I want to be with you, and that would be far better for me. But as he's looking at the people this group of believers in Philippi, he was telling them for me to stay was far better for them. You know, what, what made it far better? They had somebody that was teaching them truth. They had somebody that cared about them. They had somebody that was trying to nurture them and grow them and build them and help them grow in their faith. And Paul was saying, listen, if I'm taken out of the way, he said, that's not going to be beneficial for you because you need to have that. And Paul here is, is looking and saying, uh, my life of serving the people of God, they need that. And let me tell you something, uh, people need you to serve for Christ's sake. They need you to do something for others. They need you to be serving for others. It's not just the pastors. It's not just those in full-time ministry. Uh, every one of us should be making an impact in the lives of those that are around us. And granted, it would be much better if we could just go on to heaven. But until the Lord calls us home, there's somebody he wants us to reach. There's somebody he wants us to help. There's somebody he wants us to serve and help uh, grow. Uh, what was Paul showing here? He was showing a Christ-centered mind. He had a Christ-centered mind. And he had an other-centered heart. He was looking at the needs of others. He was seeing their needs, not just his own. So he had a Christ-centered uh, mind. He had an a, a other-centered uh, heart. And he was not a self-centered self person. He was not a self-centered person. You know, the believers ought not be self-centered. It's, it's not about us. All of life is not about us. Now, God puts the, the family of God, he puts us into a family, uh, he, puts, he references it as a family scenario. You know, in the family, the, the babies... They don't care about anybody else in the family. When it's time to eat, it's time to eat. It might be mama's time to sleep, but that baby don't care. It doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the house. It is, what do I want? And that little guy, that little girl, they are going to make sure that everybody knows 
And, and here with that, you, you see the immaturity is based on what I want. You grow out of that. You get into the teenage years and it starts all over again, doesn't it? And we were all teenagers. This is an attack just on the teens. We all were there. And everything revolves around us again. Everything's good or bad about how I feel. And that self-centeredness comes to the forefront. What has to happen? Maturity has to happen. You know, there are adults that are still living that way. Age doesn't make us mature. Being saved for a long period of time does not make you a mature believer. Well, I've been in church all my life. God bless you. But that doesn't mean that you're mature as a believer. You can be saved without growing. We're going to talk about that tonight. You've got to be back. Hebrews chapter number 6 tonight. Uh, so uh, here when we, we look at this, Paul was serving his life. It was about serving others. His, his heart was, you know, I'd rather be in heaven, but, but that's not best for you. So I'm going to keep on serving you. I'm going to keep on laboring uh, for you. There wasn't that self-centered life. Uh, we see next that uh, that life of a believer, it was a separated life. It was a separated life. You know, the Christian life is a separated life. We're not to be like everybody else. He said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. You know, God is a holy God. God, God will not dwell with darkness. Light and darkness don't dwell together. That's why people don't like truth. That's why people don't like preaching on holiness. As soon as I mentioned the word holiness or separation, all of a sudden there was, in many people, there's like, okay, there's a wall. Comes right up. Why? Because there is a, there is a natural desire to do wrong. Sort of like when you're driving down the, the highway, and as you're driving down the highway, you see lights, blue lights. What do you do? You let off the gas. I find myself letting off the gas even when I'm doing the speed limit. There's just, there's just something about it. What is it? It's a, it's a hey, this is a checkpoint. This is, this is, a, uh, this is uh, some accountability. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this accountability, all of a sudden you realize, oh, oh okay, okay, no, no, I'm doing okay. I can keep, keep on driving. Uh, and so it's just sort of natural. Same thing with this, uh, separation. Romans chapter 13. Romans 13. Romans 13. Look with me at verse 11 to 14. Now, just stay with me. We're still in introduction. But we will finish the message. The message is not a long message. The thoughts are not a long thought. The groundwork uh, is what we're laying here. Uh, so, uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Uh, the Bible says, And that, knowing the time, that it is high time to awake out of sleep. 
For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Just stop and look at me for a second. Just think about those words right there. Uh, it's a high time to wake out of sleep. Our salvation is near. Uh, than when we believed. And it is near. Uh, the Lord taking us home. It's nearer than when you got saved. Uh, the day that you got saved, it's nearer now that the Lord is, is going to return. Verse 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore, because the night is far spent, because it's near, because uh, the, the darkness is coming. And when we think about the darkness is coming, uh, the Bible tells us that we should work while it is yet day. What is he saying? While there is life. While we have life, now is when we work. Because the day is coming when darkness is coming to our earthly being. Our, our life has a, it has a calendar. Our life, the Bible says that, that, that uh, our days are numbered. It's appointed unto man once to die. And when one day our life is going is to come to that sunset years and then darkness is going to close in and our life will be over. Now because, because of that, because we don't have that promise of tomorrow, let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, <clears throat> not in strife and envying. Uh, we've got a new life to live. It's not according to the old nature of darkness. Uh, it is according to the new nature of light. And we are to live uh, according to that light uh, in our life. He said, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh uh, to fulfill the lust thereof. See, the life of the believer was to be a life that was focused. It was to be a crucified life, a resurrected life, a serving life, a separated life. Now, when Paul said, for me to die, or for me to live is Christ, that's what he was saying. He was going to live in these areas. He was going to live in a way that was going to be honoring. It was all about the Lord. To live is Christ. It's not to live as Carrie. It's not to live as, and you fill in your name. It's, it's what does Christ want? What does Christ want with my focus? What, is, what does Christ want with the life that he has given me? And as a believer, we are to be looking heavenward. And, and, and that doesn't mean that you're not going to have any fun. I'm telling you, uh, the Christian life is a wonderful life. It is a fulfilling life. Uh, it's a life uh, that doesn't have all, the, all of the regret. You know, a life lived not for Christ is a life filled with regret. But a life filled that's been lived for Christ, there is no regret. Why do I regret? What would I regret? Well, Lord, I missed out on some of those parties. Yeah, and you missed out on hangovers. 
puking your guts out? You, you missed out on a DUI? You missed out on broken relationships and abuse? There are so many. And he could just keep on going and going and going. And, but the blessings of being a child of God to live is Christ. To live according to the plan that he has for us. It's a blessed life. Uh, so here, uh, the life of the believer, to live is Christ. He was the focus of his, Paul's life. Christ was the center. He was the one that uh, Paul was looking at. And you and I, for us to live, it should be Christ. We should be looking at him. Uh, what would he want me to do? But then it said, for me to die is gain. To die. You know, for the believer, death has lost its sting. It's lost its sting. It still hurts. I just met with a family yesterday. Uh, one of the deputies, his, his father-in-law just passed. And met, met with the family. And, you know, there, there, there are so many hurts that we face in life. And death brings a lot of hurts. But for the believer, we sorrow not as others who have no hope. It's not the, it's not the same emptiness. It's not the same hurt. For 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says, therefore, we are confident, always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Notice here, to be home in the body uh, is to be absent from the, world, the Lord. This body is just a tabernacle. It is just a dwelling place. And, and we are temporarily on a journey. This is our, our earthly tabernacle. And one day it's going to, uh, it's going to uh, go away and God is going to, we're going to be with the Lord. Uh, we'll be at home with him. But while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. That's what the Paul, Paul was saying. For me to die is gain. Why? Because when I die, I'm going to be present with the Lord. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have that same confidence? Paul was confident. To be absent from this body, I'm going to be present with the Lord. Do you, do you have that assurance? Do you have the assurance that you're saved? You're a child of God. See, if that is the case and you have that assurance that you have put your faith in him and that he is your savior, what you will find is there is a peace. You know, my salvation is not a hope so salvation. It's not a hopeful, hope so salvation. It's not a, I think I'll go salvation. It's not, it's not what I hope or what I think. It is, I know. 
I'm, I'm confident. And what, what is that? Is that confidence in me? No, it's not in me at all. Because I fail. But he doesn't. And Paul here, he had this confidence. Uh, hey, let me remind you, Paul was a killer. Paul was responsible for murdering Christians. Yet here, he looked at it and he said, we are confident and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul was confident. He knew he was saved. You know what? If you are struggling with your assurance of salvation, you need to get it nailed down. Because if you're struggling with your salvation and whether or not you're saved or not saved, I'm saved today, I feel saved today, I don't feel saved tomorrow. That's a miserable place to be. That's a miserable place to be. And I've been there. And, and I'm so glad I got it settled in my own heart. But here Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, that gain was only for the believer. To die is not gain for those that are lost. Those that don't know Christ as their Savior, they are, they are not going to have a gain. They are going to have a loss. They're going to pass from life to death. Really, they're going to pass from death to death. The Bible teaches us that if we're not saved, that we are condemned already. We are already dead in our trespasses and sins. But when a person gets saved, they are made alive again. And you hath he quickened, made alive again. And, and here, this, this salvation that the Lord offers, he's offering a gift of salvation. And Paul here is testifying. He's saying, for me to die is gain. It's going to get better from here. Uh, when, I, when I take my last breath here, I'm going to be with the Savior. Uh, I'm going to see the one that I have lived for by faith, the one that I trusted by faith. Uh, and, and you think about it, the Christian life, when our life is over, it's no longer going to be by faith. It's going to be by sight. That's, that's amazing. We're going to see it. I mean, the, the, the place that, uh, that, that I've preached about for all these years, the, the Savior that has uh, hung on that cross and rose again, uh, we're going to see him. We're going to see him. Uh, what an amazing thing. Paul said, uh, to die is gain. To die is a benefit. It is a profit. It is where I am going to gain. Uh, he's going to gain heaven, and he's going to see Jesus, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, they are going to be revealed to man in fullness without these eyes that are tainted by sin. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Those of you that wear glasses, I have my, my glasses progressive, and then, is it progressive that does this thing? Okay, all right. And then, uh, so I've got uh, prescription uh, sunglasses. 
And sometimes I'll forget if I'm working in the day and I'll have my prescription sunglasses on, then we'll go somewhere and it's still light, but then it changes to night. And my glasses are still sitting on my desk. That happens so often. And what I find is I can clearly see darkness. I can see, but with that extra darkness, it makes it hard. You know, there's coming a day when we're going to see and there's not going to be any darkness. Those passages of Scripture that we struggle with, those times, those storms of life that we face, those burdens that we carry, uh, and we get to heaven, it's all going to be clear as day. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more death, no more tears, no more faith, it'll be sight. No more uh, that, that hope, that trust, that faith that we have, it will all be seen. There'll be a reunion. But for those that do not know Christ, for those who are not saved, to die is not gain. In Luke chapter 16, we read of a man who had rejected Christ, a man who was lost. And we read of this man, and the Bible says that Lazarus died, the beggar died, and then the rich man died. This rich man died, he had all the pleasures down here. He had all the gain down here. But when he died, the Bible says, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. There's no gain in death if you don't know Christ. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this passage, to live is Christ, to die is gain, it doesn't apply to you yet. And all the wonderful things that we have to be able to look at and living for Christ. There are a lot of religious people who do good things. But if they haven't accepted Christ, to die is not gain for them. We have to come to a place where we recognize our need for the Savior. And in recognizing our need for the Savior, that we ask Him to be our Savior, forgive our sins, and by faith trust Him. But as a child of God, if you've tr trusted Him, is your living Christ? To live? To die? Paul, as a believer, looked at both, and I can live, and my life is tied up in Christ. When I die, it's gain. I have Christ. How's, how's the, how is this parallelism in our life? How are these two spectrums impacting our life? Do we have the same testimony, the same mindset Paul had to live as Christ, to die as gain? That should be the mindset for all believers.
That should be our heart's desire. It's to live for him right now while we have life. And the other, to see him when he takes us to heaven. Life to life. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your word. And, and I do pray that you'd help all of the believers this morning to look into their life. Uh, and and as, as Paul said, help us all to be able to uh, have that same uh, mindset. To live is Christ. To, to live is to serve you, to follow you. Uh, Lord, to allow you to uh, be the central focus of our life. And Lord, to have that assurance to die is gain, one day we're going to see you. Lord, if there's one here that does not know you as their Savior, I pray today will be the day that they put their faith in you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm saved. I do know it. Uh, I have put my faith in Christ. Say, Pastor, that's me. Slip Slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I've accepted Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't have that same confidence. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that assurance that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure that the death would be gained. Say, pray for me, Pastor. Just slip your hand up. Maybe you're watching online. You're unsure. Let's not allow this opportunity to pass. If you're not saved, today is the day of salvation. So as we start this invitation, may each of us respond according to how the Lord would lead us. Father, you know the needs. Those that are saved, I pray that you'd help us to be able to have the testimony that we are living. Our life is tied up in you, focused on you. And may that be the case with the believers. Uh, If there's one that is unsure of their salvation, just work now in their hearts, please. Draw them to yourself for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, The instruments continue to play. The Lord spoke to your heart. You respond. Altars are open. Nothing like bowing a knee and a heart towards the Lord. How about a Christian? Does that sum up your life? To live is Christ. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.